Hello, and welcome to Williams Mullins Benefits Companion, a podcast that helps employers navigate the complex legal challenges of managing their employee benefit plans. I'm your host, Bryden DeWitt, and today I'll be joined by David Blanchard, a strategic client executive with One Digital, to discuss employment and employee benefit considerations during the COVID-19 crisis. How are you doing today, David? Doing all right, Bryden, at home as, as you are, I can tell. So yeah, we're, we're just both making uh, our way through it like everyone else. It's, we're, we're doing this podcast from from our homes. We're be, we're social uh, distance podcast uh, during these really unusual uh, times. Uh, so we both work with employers uh, who are trying to manage their way through these uncharted waters with the COVID nineteen crisis. And one of the things that I've heard some employers say they're really concerned about their revenues and the need to cut costs. And although they don't want to, they think they have to lay off employees and, and make cuts to their payroll. Um, what are some considerations employers that you've seen who are dealing with these issues about costs and workforce and potential reductions in force? Yeah, that's absolutely one of the first things we're hearing um, from clients and potential clients. Uh, we've got an employee benefits consulting division and an HR consulting division. So we kind of hear a fairly broad um dialogue about that topic. And because payroll is such a big piece of the overall expense line items, uh, it's really tempting to just cut off all employees and lay everybody off to try and shore up the finances for the organization. And I think the entire point that we'd want to convey is before you do that, talk to somebody that is an expert in the field um, to understand some of these new laws that are out there. Um, particularly with the PPP or payroll protection program that um, I'm sure you've also been digging in deeply on. Yeah, we've, we've been dealing with that for a lot of clients to help them understand the, the payroll protection program. And it's, you know, Congress has enacted emergency legislation to, to help really avoid the situation where employers are cutting payroll is to help employers keep employees employed and, uh, and on the payroll with both the, the PPP, which provides loans, and the loans are forgiven, um, I mean, it's really pretty complex, but if you're using it for payroll costs, as defined in the Act, uh, it's a, the loan can be forgiven. So employers have been uh, lining up, getting in queue, applying for their the PPP, um, and if an employer is thinking about a layoff, they really need to, as you said, talk with someone who knows about the PPP and um, and see if they're eligible. Uh, you have to have you know, meet certain eligibility and size requirements under 500 employees. Um, aside from getting a, a loan, there's also I thought you know, have you talked with clients about the employee retention tax credit? Yeah, we've definitely got clients seeking the tax credit as well. I think um, there are a lot of combinations, as you said, it, it can be quite complex. And understanding the best ways to take advantage of one aspect of the law versus another. Um, are quite complicated. We definitely have employers that are doing that. And um, we even had employers that immediately terminated a whole batch of employees and have since backed off that, rehired everybody back because they didn't understand the law initially. You know, it kind of came out in phases, so they thought they were going to have to go one route, and now they're going a different direction. And that's understandable. Um, Again, it's a lot of money on the table, and this is a huge lifeline for employers. 
there's still some challenges with logistics. I'd say we're getting a lot of people trying to figure out how to talk to their bank about the SBA loans or when does the tax credit come? Um, how do we get this at the individual level or support our employees at the individual level? Um, it's certainly unique almost to every single client, but it is absolutely something that it's busy right now. That's for sure. It's absolutely. Yeah. And just to flesh out the employee retention credit, it's a credit against the employer, basically the FICA taxes, um, for up to 50% of employee wages of up to $10,000. So if you're continuing to pay employees, it's basically a $5,000 per employee credit um, against your, your your employment taxes. Uh, employers that have over 100 employees, uh, the credit applies, well, I guess for both types of employers, if a government order has required the employer to suspend, partially or fully suspend operations, or if compared quarter to quarter, the calendar quarter in 2020 compared to the calendar quarter in 2019, there's a 50% reduction in gross receipts for the quarter. Um, then the employer can take the credit for that quarter in which the receipts go down by 50% or more. And then until the quarter following the quarter that receipts climb back up to above 80% of uh, 2019 uh, gross receipts. And so if you, if you are over a hundred, uh, employees, then you get a credit for each employee who you continue to pay, even though they are not performing services. For smaller employers with under 100 employees, the credit applies to all wages paid to all employees. So it's really, again, another way employers have to know about these things before they they conduct a a layoff of employees. Yeah, there's a lot of money at stake, you know, $10,000 here. Yeah. PPP is potentially up to $10 million, you know, per, depending on the size of the client. Um, there's, it, it's just critical to ask and make sure you've got some guidance, whether it's from your attorney, your benefits consultant, CPA, um, or all of the above. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's a moving target because we're getting guidance and new legislation. Just, I've never seen anything like it in my career. Well, let's move on to, yeah. um, to the, the, required leave requirements. The, the Families First Act, Coronavirus Response Act, uh, created two new leave requirements. It expanded the existing family medical leave uh, to provide a new leave requirement if an employee's child, uh, the school was closed, or the daycare provider isn't available um, due to COVID-19, and so the, and the employee has to stay home to take care of a child. That is now a, an FMLA leave uh, qualifying event. And then there's also a new paid sick leave requirement um, that applies. And employers already had, you know, most employers already had PTO. So do you have clients grappling with these these different types of leave and understanding how they all interact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, FMLA before COVID-19 was complex enough that there are vendors offering uh, leave management services so that they they don't... um, they don't miss opportunities in that. With COVID-19, I just went on the DOL site this morning. The FAQ sheet is up to 79 frequently asked questions. So there are an awful lot of questions still going on, even with this. Um, but there's a lot of money here, uh, potentially, for employers to continue uh, folks that can't stay at work or have to go out on leave for various reasons affiliated with covid um, it depends on if you are quarantined or not, or if you have a child, as you mentioned, um, 
So there's ultimately a potential for about $12,000 and 12 weeks of leave through this expanded benefit with when you combine the sick leave portion and the uh, FMLA, expanded FMLA portion. So there's, again, it's a big change for employers to grapple with and to understand the nuances of. Um, And there are applications that are required. There are statements that need to be collected from employees. Um, We can help with samples of those as well so you yeah, have and the also, correct documentation and and there's you know some initially employers are saying we have to we're concerned they had to pay for these leave because this is paid leave the fmla uh care for a child um, requirement after the first 10 days it's paid leave at two-thirds and then the emergency sick pay act which was also part of the family's first act covers those first 10 days for the same event at two-thirds pay um and so there are new you know, requirements to provide paid leave, but the leave, the paid leave is reimbursed through tax credits. So really the government is paying for this leave. And so when an employer files for Form 941, um, the employer can offset all of the taxes, including income tax withholdings, the employee portion of uh, their employment taxes, the employer portion, the FICA uh, taxes, um, can be offset by the amount of the leave that the employer paid to the extent that that paid leave was required under the Families First Act. The employer can take a credit. And if the amount of leave that you paid is more than the employment tax liability, the employer can file a new this new form 7200 to request a refund for the excess of the amount of the leave that they paid in excess of the employment tax liability. So these, this there is a new paid leave requirement uh, for COVID-19, but the government is paying for it through uh, tax credits. Yeah, and we're seeing employees supplement that with um, their own PTO in some cases and and balancing that two-thirds out into a full time. But um, it needs to be due to a legitimate sick leave or COVID-related leave, not a fear of COVID, which is uh, certainly an important distinction these days um, of who is truly eligible for this type of leave. So Right. And it's a human resources challenge that employees are understandably very concerned about COVID-19 and may feel that they've got symptoms or they don't feel safe going to work. But in order to qualify for the paid leave, the employee has to meet one of the qualifying conditions. And an employer is free to, you know, change their leave policies to provide paid leave in that circumstance, but they would not receive the tax credit. So the tax credit is only available to the extent that the paid leave is required uh, by the Families First Act. So I, you know, we're we're kind of getting to toward the end of our podcast, but I just wanted to you know see if you had any ideas and thoughts on how employers position themselves and their employees for when all of this is over. Hopefully, it will be sooner than later. But when we get beyond the COVID nineteen crisis, what can employers do now? to position themselves and their employees for success when we emerge from this? Yeah, this is a great opportunity to step back and think about some of their most important resources, which is their people. And their staff, their teams that are being forced to work from home are under different and new pressures and experiencing, in our experience, isolation and burnout. It's a hard thing to do for people to work remotely Um, There are also essentially no boundaries anymore when you're working at home and you're trying to balance teaching your children and um, dealing with dogs and also trying to be on a conference call or a podcast. So it's 
challenging, and um, there are some great tools out there that employers are leveraging uh, to reduce isolation through technology. Um, also thinking about telemed and telepsych offerings. There are a lot of telemed programs now that have added a free, um, excuse me, psychological coaching or counseling session available. Many employers have an EAP program that they forget about. It's an employee assistance program. And most of those vendors have either doubled the limits or eliminated the limits on the number of telephonic visits that an employee could take. Uh, the ultimate goal is to come out of this event without completely burned out employees who are ready to get back into the swing of things and to feel safe and comfortable throughout the entire process. Okay, that's good advice. Well, that'll wrap up our discussion. Uh, David, thank you for joining me on this special edition of the Benefits Companion. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please contact me. You can also visit our employee benefits page at williamsmullen.com slash employee benefits. There you can find out more about our team as well as past episodes of this podcast in legal alerts. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be notified when our next episode posts. Thanks for listening.